Hi everyone, welcome to this new adventure we are embarking on. Uh, this new athletic uh, podcast, sports podcast, this is a sumo podcast. You're listening to a sumo podcast right now. Uh, I am Frankie, Frankie Garza. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Frankie Extra. And with me, I have my. Uh, it's not stable master. What do you call so someone who's like your your teacher or your 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 superior in sumo, Eric? Uh, senpai. Okay, we'll use that <laughs> word. We have my sumo senpai, Eric. Eric, how are you been? How are you doing? Hello, my sumo kohai. Oh, that's sweet. That that's the name of the podcast now. Sumo senpai and sumo kohai. Uh, <laughs> uh, or we, we'll try to yeah. find a better one. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this, hopefully this thing has a name. Uh, we're playing with a couple, so I don't know which one we decided on. Uh, this podcast kind of got created because Eric got me into sumo. We watched the, uh, I guess it was May, right? The May tournament. Yep. Uh, and I really enjoyed talking about sumo with Eric. So I was like, why don't we do something? And, uh, the, the idea is that we'll have one podcast before a, a new tournament starts one podcast during the tournament, and one podcast after the tournament. And the tournaments are every other month, is that correct? Yep, there is one every two months. They are January, March, May, July, September, and November. So today, the day we're recording, is May 30th. So the next one is, uh, is July 8th, correct? Correct. Uh, so that is kind of our mission statement. This is a, a podcast by fans. I'm a super new fan. I've only been a fan for the last 15 days or the last uh, since uh, the last tournament. Uh, how long have you been into sumo, Eric? I would say that I started really watching sumo uh, probably around the March or May tournament of last year. Okay. And I don't even remember how I got started watching it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure listeners who don't actually watch Sumo are wondering how to get involved with Sumo. Really, you can just go to YouTube and watch any match and... To me, it is a sport that is almost better if you don't have one person to root for because mm -hmm. you don't get as emotionally involved and you can enjoy it without having a heart attack whether or not Tochi is going to win a match. Yeah, that was the emotional roller coaster this tournament for me. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh I just wanted to reiterate, we're not experts, we're fans. We will probably get things wrong. We'll try not to, but, you know, there's only so much. Sometimes something slips the cracks. Uh, pronunciation, we'll be saying a lot of words that are in Japanese. I think it's appropriate for us to try to keep the words in Japanese, the correct words, like uh, Yokosuna and Rikishi will explain what they are. Sorry, I random hiccup there. We'll explain what those words are whenever we can. 
Uh, but I think it would uh, it would do the sport wrong if we were trying to just translate them. If, instead of if instead of saying Rikishi, we'd said sumo wrestlers every time we refer to the Rikishi. It might still happen, but uh, I want to try to stick to the actual terms, and that means we'll be pronouncing things in Japanese. We'll do our best to to pronounce them correctly, but. Uh, you have a little bit of Japanese uh, uh, study background, right, Eric? Correct. Uh, I have none. Uh, and English is not even my first language. So I might pronounce things wrong in English also. So just take it easy on us. We're doing this because this seems like a fun thing to do. Right. Yes, it's important to remember we are just trying to share our enjoyment of sumo with you. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to... Uh, you know, be teachers, right? Yeah, we are fans who are sharing their passion and hopefully getting other people interested in the sport of sumo. I am not Dean Douglas here. I am not Matt Stryker. I am just here to help you, like, to open the door and maybe you'll like sumo. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll enjoy me and Eric talking and saying wrestling reference like I just did. Maybe you'll hate it, but who knows? Right. I mean, maybe I'll say Uwatenage out of nowhere. Or Vintage Hakuho. <laughs> vintage Hakuho! Ah, that's that's some vintage Hakuho. Uh, let's, once we start there, why don't we, um, why don't we talk, first of all, I think we should talk about how the tournaments work before we go into the recap, if, if you think that's that uh, sounds good. Sure. So, uh, correct me wherever I'm wrong. Uh, I'll tell you what I think I know based on the last tournament, and then you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Okay. Tournaments take place over 15 days. Yep. Every day, the Rikishi, which are the sumo wrestlers, they have one bout a day Mm -hmm. for 15 days. And then at the end of the 15 days, they either have a winning record, which is called a what? A Kachikoshi. Kachikoshi, or they have a losing record, and that's... Uh, Makikoshi. Makikoshi. Maki Kachikoshi and Makikoshi. Uh, so, and that's after 15 days. Am I correct so far? Yep. And then based on that record, they get promoted or demoted into different uh, ranks. Correct? Yep. The lowest rank, so when we are talking about a tournament, we are talking about the Maku Uchi division, which is the highest division in sumo. And divisions in sumo are all based on tournament results and merits, correct? There's no weight division. Correct. Uh, Sumo is kind of a meritocracy. If you are able to get into the top division, it is because you are winning regardless of the size difference between you and the other Rikishi in the ring. That was my favorite thing. One of my favorite things was, since I didn't know a lot of the Rikishi, but whenever there was a matchup of a big, big guy and a smaller guy, I always was excited to see, because sometimes the smaller guy would like outmaneuver and outplay the bigger Rikishi. And instead of just like using brute force, they would go for like, Maybe strikes to the face, or they would like turn them down, turn them around with like an underhook. It was really interesting to see. 
Uh, so the way that the Makauchi division is split up, at the very bottom you have the Maegashira, and they are starting at about Maegashira 16, going all the way up to Maegashira 1. Above that you can be a Komosubi, then a Sekiwake, then Ozeki, which used to be the highest rank in sumo, but now the highest rank in sumo is Yokozuna. Do you know why that changed or when that changed? Uh, I would have to look that up. <laughs> uh, and yes, Yokozuna is an actual rank. It is not just a new generation wrestler. Yeah, and Rikishi is the name of the 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 sumo wrestlers is what they're called. It's not just the the dad of the Usos. It's not just Fatou's wrestling nickname from the 90s. Do you remember Make a Difference, Fatou? When in the early 90s, before Rikishi, he was wearing like bright colored shirts and backwards hats. No, I don't remember that one. I, I'll get you a picture okay. off air. Uh, it was in between the, the like... I'm a savage gimmick, and I'm I'm a dancing sumo wrestler gimmick. He had a I'm a cool '90s uh, young person gimmick. Wrestling is bad, actually. Let's just talk about sumo. Sumo's better. Now, we're both fans of mm-hmm. wrestling as well. Mm-hmm. How would you compare sumo wrestling to? what you enjoy about sports entertainment wrestling. So there's some comparisons that I I did immediately once uh, we started watching. Uh, They both have rings, even though the rings are very different. Uh, uh, Sumo ring uh, doesn't have like poles. It's just uh, just like a rope, right? A long rope and an elevated surface. Uh, They are buried rice bales. Buried rice bales. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, it's way smaller than, well, is it way smaller than the wrestling ring? How big is the, is the sumo ring? Let's see. So a sumo ring is called a dohyo. And. Can you repeat that? A dohyo. Dohyo. Yep. Uh, let's see. A modern dohyo is, uh, 4.55 meters in diameter. 4.5? Yep. Uh, Would that be... Because, like, uh, in WCW and in ECW and a lot of independent uh, wrestling promotions, they use a 16 by 16. Mm -hmm. How would that compare? Uh, It's like a... It's about three feet per meter. This is where I'm going to... Yeah. I'm American, okay? I don't... Yeah. do well with metric conversions so roughly i don't do well with any numbers so <laughs> uh let's see yeah that would be hold on let me google this mm-hmm. we can edit this part out yeah uh and wwe but for for reference use an 18 by 18 or 19 by 19 ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why usually sometimes if you see a wrestler in the indies and then you see them in WWE, they look so much smaller. 
And that's why sometimes it's like, oh, the land of the giants, because mm-hmm. everything's bigger there. So, 4.55 meters is mm-hmm. almost 15 feet. Okay. So, it's almost the size of a WCW ring, right? Right. Just If I understand how that works. It is just 6 inches shorter per side. Wow. See, they look way smaller on the on watching them. Uh, but yeah, it's almost, almost the size of a a WCW or like ECW or Ring of Honor style ring. That's really interesting. So, uh, well, how did we get here? We were talking, oh yeah, so how it compares to wrestling. So I think the best way to talk about it is the way the bouts start is one, first they do a ceremony, right? Like a rice ceremony? Uh, yep, first they do a ceremony. And that's very wrestling. I know that they don't do it for the same reasons, but there is a ceremony to a wrestling match. There's the entrances, there's the the referee comes and checks on them, there's sometimes the taunting. So there is a ceremony to a pre-wrestling match the same way there's a ceremony... To a pre-sumo match. Right. And the national sport of Japan is sumo. Mm -hmm. But uh, some people will be particular about calling sumo a sport. Mm -hmm. Because it has such a basis in uh, religious tradition. Yeah. So a lot of the things that sumo do are about purifying the ring, purifying themselves, uh, warding off evil spirits. So. And of course, all of that will just talk about how what we see in the match, because uh, I am not an expert in religion, and I wouldn't want to speak of that in any other way. I'm not an expert in sumo either, but I can tell you what I see in the match. Right. Yeah, sumo, because it is so old, and so steeped in tradition, every single, basically every single move that is made before a match starts has a significance to it. Yes, and and I think we can go through them as, uh, maybe not even all in this episode, but as we go through, through the podcast and through matches, uh, once the next tournament starts, we'll, we'll be able to break down more matches. What I wanted to talk about in this tournament... Oh, well, I was talking about uh, wrestling and sumo. So, they have the they have the rituals at the beginning, and then they have the face-off. And the face-off in sumo is they both, like, bend over, like, bend their knees, put their face forward, and then one of them puts their knuckles to the ground, and then the moment the second Rikishi puts their knuckles to the ground, do they have to be both or can they just do one? Uh, it's supposed to be both, but they do it so quickly sometimes. That it looks like one right. or you can't really tell. Yeah, I was wondering because sometimes it definitely looked like they only did one. Uh, right. They put their knuckles down and immediately after they, the knuckles touch the ground, they go against each other. And that's when the matches change depending who's wrestling. Sometimes they'll start pushing. Sometimes they'll start doing like forward palm thrusts. Sometimes they'll go for to to try to pull them up. 
And all of this reminded me of wrestling because sometimes in wrestling you have your your you know your high flyers, your agile guys. You have your brawlers who start punching. You have your mat technicians who go for a hold. Uh, you, you even have like a test of strength in sumo sometimes when two, especially two big guys or two guys of the same size, collide and they they immediately go and hold. Uh, it's called uh, I'm a what, what's the garment called? Mawa Mawashi. Mawashi. They hold the mawashi to try to lift off their opponents. That felt very like test of strength. Two wrestlers pulling each other and seeing one goes forward, the other one goes back. That's very much the the feeling that gave me. Yeah, going back to the uh, Tachi, which is the initial collision. Tachi? The leading up to the Tachi, since we're discussing other sports, mm-hmm. it's almost like a hockey face-off. Yes! And generally you'll see the lower rank sumo get into the starting position first. And then the higher rank sumo will usually have a bit of advantage and that they can be quicker about touching the line. So that's a little bit also like wrestling. Like supposedly in wrestling, the champion always comes second. The, the more veteran wrestler always comes second. So that feels a little bit... Uh, I, it probably... None of these comparisons are probably on purpose. But wrestling is my my background as a fan. So that's what what I'll be comparing to to Sumo. So if you don't like it, I, this might not be the podcast for you. Now, one of the ways in which Sumo is entirely different mm-hmm. is that the winner and loser are expected to compose themselves with dignity which means whether you win or lose no matter how emotional it may be you're expected to you know keep a stoic face this actually reminds me of classic ring of honor did you ever watch any of the early 2000s ring of honor stuff no so the idea of ring of honor uh, as far as i can understand from what i read and seen was that the good guys' uh, faces would uh, always have to uphold the the code of honor. You shook hands before a match, and you shook hands after the match. And, of course, the bad guys wouldn't shake hands or would attack when they shook hands. But, like, the idea of respect before and respect after, that that's what that immediately reminds me of. All right. Uh, so, and and then we'll talk about the different types of uh, of moves they can do as as we go into the tournament. Is there anything else uh, you would like to say, Eric, before we we talk about some of our favorite stories in this past tournament? Uh, no, I think uh, as is the tradition with most podcasts, uh, tangents will come, you know, mm-hmm. as they please. Yeah. Well, you, dear listeners, will know whether or not we managed to keep this podcast at a, at a reasonable time frame by the time you're listening. We're hoping to to keep it under an hour in the 30 to 40 minutes. 
Uh, we're 20 minutes in, but uh, I think we did a good good intro there. Right. We're uh, laying the groundwork. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, do you want to start with the main event, or do we build up to it? Uh, you want to start with Tochi, or do we build up to it? Uh, let's build up, because he'll dominate the news section. Yeah. So, uh, how about we we go one and one uh, a story we liked uh, in in this tournament? Okay. Uh, I want to start with Avi, which was like that was if if it weren't for Toshi and like you're a big Toshi fan and I became a big Toshi fan because of that and also he's really cool. Avi is definitely the wrestler that I knew the the Rikishi. That I knew nothing about, and I ended up being a huge fan. Yes, he is. In sports entertainment terms, he is a baby face. Yeah, definitely, and he's like, uh, uh, kind of like a young lion or like a like a nice white meat golden boy baby face. Yeah. So uh, the name, his name is Abi Masatora. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, he's, uh, I'm bad at dates. I was going to say how old he is, but I only have the date of birth here. Um, but he's young. He's younger than me. He is four years younger than me, so that would make him about 23. He's about 23, 24. Uh, let's see. In April, he would have turned 24. 24 years old uh, if you think baby face he has a baby face uh, a, a young youthful clean shaven face so in this last tournament he lost his first three matches and I I I probably don't remember those first three bouts at all do you? no and then it was the match against Endo uh, on uh, what well, that that was his uh, or was it the match against Hakuho? The the I think the match against Hakuho was the first one we paid attention, right? That was the one where he uh, he decided to call his mother. Yes. Uh, okay. So Abi is a Maigashira, mm-hmm. and there is a special type of victory that only a Maigashira can have. Which is when they defeat a Yokozuna, they get a Kinboshi, which is a gold star victory. And a Maigashira defeating a Yokozuna is considered a big deal. Yes. They they all... And I, I think this didn't happen to him, but if you end up winning on a winning record in the tournament... And you have a gold star victory. You earn. Uh, you get paid extra for the rest of your career. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know if it's the rest of the career. I'd have to look that up. Mm-hmm. I think it is. We'll double check. For sure. For next episode. But the point is. A gold star. I don't know why I have these hiccups. A gold star victory. Is super important. And like super special. And so first three uh, days, he loses. Fourth day, he beats Sendo. 
but he still wasn't anyone in my radar. Fifth day, he loses to uh, Kaku, Kakuryu. And then the sixth day, it was, I believe, if not the, it was the last match, right? It was the last match, basically your main event, because Yokosunas always go last, correct? Correct. That's true for every day. Mm-hmm. Each day, the Yokozuna, or a Yokozuna, in the case that there's multiple, will be last. If there are multiple Yokozuna, then they will take turns being the last match of the day. It definitely gives you that wrestling main event feel. Uh, you're always excited for, for what the last match or the last couple matches are going to be. Because usually, t- supposedly the best uh, Rikishi should be the ones competing near the end. Because they are the, the Yokosuna or the higher ranked ones. Uh, so that that really did matter to me Like towards the end of the tournament. Uh, the matches I like wanted to see the most were the last four or five. Or the last three or two. I think the last three or two is, makes more sense. Um, so it's day... It's day six... And it's uh, Hakuho, the Yokosuna, against Abi. And Abi wins. And it's it comes out for a surprise for everyone. Uh, the stadium kind of... They don't go super crazy, but they go crazy. They they, they throw their hats uh, into the... Did they, did they throw the, um, they, the cushions or no? Yes, they... Uh, anytime there is a big upset, and it, it's usually closer to the end of the day because mm-hmm. they still want to sit on them, they will throw the cushions that they sit on. Uh, they're not supposed to, and some <laughs> venues have gone so far as to nail them down. Oh man, that sucks. Yeah. They, sh- they should encourage that, not, not try to discourage it. I know it's probably a pain. But like that's that's part of the show. That's part of the 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 beautifulness of, of something like that. That's like the most well not the most, but it's one of the big like crowd interactions I saw when it came to sumo. It was when there was a gold star victory and the cushions went into the ring. Mm-hmm. So it's day number six, Abby wins, and do they usually only interview uh, the winner of the last bout? Uh, it's, from what I've seen, it's usually if there's a significant bout. So, Abby gets interviewed, uh, and the interviewer asks him a couple things, like, how are you feeling? And he's very, uh, non-assuming. He's like, oh, yeah, that was a good match. Um, I'm happy. Uh, what's your plans? What are you going to do? Like, oh, I'm just going to keep going, and, and hopefully, how you feel like you have, uh, you have four four losses now, two victories. Well, I'm just gonna keep trying. And what what are you gonna do next? And he's like, "Well, it was my mom's birthday yesterday, so I'm gonna call my mom." Oh. He said, "Yeah, he didn't see it." And like, I don't speak Japanese, but his tone of voice was like happy, and he was like unassuming. It was great, and that was like, okay, Avi, you're my favorite now. You're 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 part of uh, you're someone whose name I remember because we there were so many wrestlers. And some of the names I don't remember. I, I don't have that great memory. I have a list here so I can remember them. 
but Abby jumped into my head, and I, w- I wanted him to to do well in the tournament, and he did okay, but at the end of the day, he ended up with a 7-8 record, which is, uh, what's the losing tournament record? A Makekoshi. Makekoshi. So he ended up with a Makekoshi, which uh, it's not great. It, does it matter if you have a Makekoshi of 7-8? Or if you have a Makikoshi of 0-15, does it impact your ranking the same way? I'm not sure if it will do it the same way. I get the feeling with Abi though, that he, before this tournament, had been putting in some really solid records. Mm-hmm. Uh, high win records. And yeah. even though he got a Makikoshi this uh, tournament, mm-hmm. he did it with a Kinboshi. So I, if he does get demoted, I don't think it'll be very far. Yeah, because I'm definitely looking here at his previous records, and it's like 10-5, 11-4, 10-5, 10-5. So maybe him, him being a Yokozuna is, uh, is super common. I'm trying to read these real quick, uh, but but for me, like it. It, it meant something. Uh... Right. I mean, I... In the time I've been watching, Abby hadn't really stood out. But mm-hmm. because of this tournament, now I'm going to be watching for him. And as far as, as, far as his style of sumo goes, it is pretty different from what you tend to see. He's more of a... He's a tall guy, so he will use mm-hmm. his arms to push the other opponent away. Yeah, but he's not a big guy, right? He's not a, like he's not a heavy person. He's like he feels more like he has the build of a basketball player than a sumo wrestler, right? I mean, he's still he still has that that muscle, but it's not it's not like some of the other Rikishi. That feel like they have a protection in the front, right? Or, or even like uh, Toshinoshin, who has those big, big shoulders that are all muscular. He feels more like lean and speed based, and those long arms definitely are like his best weapons, right? Like if he were a boxer, he mm-hmm. would be the type to work off the jab and keep the opponent at arm's length. Uh, would you hear on his uh, information list? Is this his favorite technique? Is uh, Suki? Is, do you know if that is like the the punch or the? Uh, grip? How do you spell it? T S U K I. It means thrust. The thrust, yeah. And the other one says Oshi O S H I. Uh, that would probably be just front. Yeah, so the front trust is definitely, that. that's definitely, like, his special technique of just, like, I have long arms and I'm gonna push and hit you until I can back you up. Because you don't, uh, I don't think we mentioned this before, you don't have to, like, knock them in their back to, to win. You can either push them out of the ring, if any part of their body touches outside of the ring they lose, or if any part of their body other than the plant of their feet 
touches the floor at any point inside or out of the ring, they lose. Am I correct? Right. Anything other than the bottom of the feet, which, yeah. fun fact, a lot of the uh, tournaments will serve food and chicken is considered kind of lucky. So it's mm. pretty common to get uh, gr- grilled chicken on a stick. And the reason for that is that chickens only touch the ground with the bottoms of their feet. So they are the ideal sumo bird. Honestly, that makes me want to name... And maybe it's already named this, or maybe it's not. Maybe I'll cut this out. But it makes me want to name our podcast uh, Chicken... Uh, oh, but then I forget the chicken name. Chicken Chankonabe. Chicken Chankonabe for the soul. That's a pretty because good title. Yes, chanconabe is uh, the type of stew that sumo uh, that rikishi traditionally eat to like build up mass. Correct. Correct. And uh, now that that you're telling me the thing about chicken being considered like lucky, I really like that. Uh, so that's that. That was my favorite story in this tournament. Uh, there were other that were interesting to me, but that was my favorite. For the techniques, mm-hmm. did they say Oshidashi and Tsukidashi? It just said Tsuki and Oshi. Okay. If I had to guess, it's Oshidashi and Tsukidashi, which... You know what? They have a thing that says how many matches they've won, mm-hmm. and... Uh, the the one most matches by Oshidashi, and uh, second most by by uh, Hataki Hatakikomi. Okay, so and the, third most by Tsuki Dashi. Okay, so Oshidashi, it is a front push out, so maintaining hand contact throughout the push, you maintain hand contact on their front. And push them out of the ring. With Hataki Komi, that is a slap down. So that would be where you uh, basically get them off their feet. And usually it's like a uh, you pull them down and make them lose their balance and fall on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then Tsukidashi is thrusting the opponent backwards out of the ring where you don't have to maintain hand contact so that is a front thrust out that's i yeah that that fits perfectly yeah, the there is so every time a sumo bout is won there is a they will announce what technique was used mm. to win there are seven categories and within those seven categories, there's anywhere from five to 19 variations. So the basic techniques mm-hmm. are anywhere from backward force down, front push out, front push down, front thrust out, front thrust down, front force out, and front crush out. And there are uh, some techniques that are that are kind of not illegal but frowned upon. Is that correct? Uh, that tends to be based on the rank. Mm. 
So when you have the Tachiai, the initial collision of the two Rikishi, it is completely legal for a sumo to do a hanka, which is where they jump to the side and they're hoping that their opponent is rushing forward and it takes them off balance. Yeah, they'll, they'll just keep going. Yeah, like the momentum will push them down. Kind of like uh, in running with a, against a bull or... Or kind of, maybe not a judo throw, but using that same right. principle of the momentum of the opponent. Or even pulling a Lucy on a Charlie Brown. Yes. And it's completely illegal to do, but once you get of a certain rank, especially Yokozuna, it mm-hmm. is considered beneath you to use that kind of tactic. Uh, Yokozuna is expected Mm -hmm. to meet a challenge head-on, and so they can still win by performing a hanka, but the crowd is going to let you know how they feel about that. And I can't remember if it happened this tournament. It did. Kakuryu, who was the winner of the tournament, one of his matches, he jumped to the side, and afterwards the crowd was grumbling. Yeah, I remember that. And you said something like, Hopefully he won't do that again, because then people will, will definitely start saying right. stuff. He will be jeered. Yeah. Uh, so, is there another story or another Rikishi that you would like to shout out uh, here? Uh, well, I think an important uh, Rikishi to talk about right now is the third Yokozuna who, like, currently there are three Yokozuna. Uh, Kakuryu, who won this tournament. He's from Mongolia. Hakuho, who is the winningest Rikishi. And if I had to compare him to a wrestler, I would say he is the Triple H of Sumo. Yeah. He, he married the... The Sumo Federation's uh, daughter, President's daughter? Uh, well, not in so many. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy. Uh, okay. And then Kisei Nosato, who was actually, he's Japanese. It was kind of significant because he was the first Japanese Yokozuna in 19 years. Wow. The, uh, yes, Hakuho and Kakuryu are both Mongolian. Uh, so Kisei Nosato, he has been having some injury problems. Uh, and this most recent tournament was the, he did not enter at all. And he has not completed a tournament for the past seven tournaments. And you were saying that's a record, right? Uh, right. Before it, era, you were telling me It that? matches the record of the current era. And when I say current era, in the 50s, they went to the six major tournament schedule. Hmm. And so if he is unable to... Compete in the right, next tournament? Then... There might be some serious talk about whether he needs to retire. 
Yeah, because you were telling me that Yokozuna, it's not like they can demote him. Once you're a Yokozuna, you're a Yokozuna right. for life. Uh, so, if a Yokozuna either is unable to perform up to the level required of a Yokozuna, or is unable to keep the dignity of a Yokozuna, then they are expected to retire. Which is something that I don't know if it happens in any other sport. Because, uh, like, I can think of uh, both physical and not super... Well, also physical, but not contact sports. Uh, like, I can think of in uh, in boxing, sometimes a boxer comes out of retirement or after they've been in the top, they go... In MMA, sometimes after they've been, like, in UFC... They'll go to like Bellator or another promotion to do more exhibition type matches. And I'm thinking like in uh, F1, sometimes you'll have someone that was in F1 in the, the, the racing competition. And then they'll go and they'll do like uh, Formula, Formula 3 or they'll do NASCAR or they'll do off-road or something else. The idea of like, you no, know, you made it to the top. If you want to slow down, that means retirement seems uh, so, like, all or nothing. Right. And, I mean, after... So, retirement would be from a wrestling career, but they could, uh, you know, transfer to being a coach in the sumo stable that they were in. Do they ever transfer... I don't know if you know this, because it's a random question... But do they ever transfer instead of coaching to, like, a judges-type position? Or is that a completely different career path? Uh, no, that's... Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'll have to look that up. But okay. uh, I think it's common for the uh, judges around the ring to have a background in sumo themselves. Okay. No, that's cool. That that feels a little bit like wrestling again, uh, but in this case, usually like referees are former wrestlers that maybe didn't make it to the big time or weren't as big or as popular, and they find a niche in refereeing. But I feel like judges feel more important and respected than wrestling referees have ever felt. Uh, or maybe that was just me, but it felt like no one... Whenever a judge got hurt, people felt bad. Mm -hmm. It may be because it's not fixed, like wrestling, but uh, if um, this tournament, there were a lot of uh, wrestler, uh, a lot of uh, Yokozuna, no, sorry, Rikishi, being thrown to the judges, and everyone, like, gasped every time. Yeah, I mean, it's... Sumo's one of those... They're really close. Right. Sumo's one of those the, things where... Ring. It can be tough to watch, especially when they clash heads. Yeah, I I've said a million times in our in our chat that's my least favorite part of uh, of sumo, seeing the two rikishi hit their heads against each other. I prefer when one of them hits like uh, like the chest or even the shoulder. It doesn't look as bad as the two heads being bashed against each other. And uh, the rikishi. Or, well, I should say the Yokozuna, who yeah. uh, set the record 
that is currently being matched by Kisei no Sato is Takanohana. And uh, the papers that interviewed him to get his feelings on it. And, you know, his was basically that, you know, he understands that Kisei no Sato probably wants to come back and win, as any Yokozuna does. But yeah, of course. But he hopes that he does it responsibly, and that you know he could be doing more damage by coming back early for his pride than when he is fully healthy. Yeah, that's like definitely. I was I was trying to think of of uh, the words to say there, but like. You've definitely, you and I have talked about how they have to uphold not just can I compete, but can I compete with kind of like dignity or to like this, can I compete to the standard that's expected? Right. And if a Yokozuna gets injured during a tournament, he will probably withdraw sooner than one of the other ranks might because if he's injured and unable to perform, it looks worse if he keeps trying and losing than if he just withdrew due to injury. He's younger than the other two Yokosunas. He's a year younger. He's 32. Yep. And speaking of the dignity of Yokozuna, uh, until the end of last year, there were four Yokozuna. The fourth being, uh, well, I guess first, if we're going chronologically, uh, Haruma Fuji. He was uh, involved in an incident where he was drinking a bit much, and he ended up uh, breaking a bottle over another Rikishi's head at a lower-ranking Rikishi's head, mm-hmm. which made him have to get stitches in his head. And after deliberation, it was considered that he did not represent a Yokozuna's values in doing so. And I don't think that the association can literally force someone to retire. But, Mm -hmm. you know... In so many words. Yeah, and he ended up stepping down. Uh, And that's that's also very interesting, because you don't see that that often in other sports of this person did something off off the court or off the ring, and they have disgraced the, the sport and their position in it. So I think that's also super interesting. And they will... When they are deciding to uh, promote someone to Yokozuna, they will have a committee meeting and they will also consider their character and not just Mm. their winning record. So if somebody has a really great record, but then they also have a history of doing something that may be considered embarrassing for the sport, they may just mm-hmm. keep them at Ozeki. That's super interesting. Right. And because 
it is a judgment call. There are times where they may feel that uh, the council uh, has a grudge against somebody. And, like, what do you do there? Do you appeal? Is there anyone to appeal? Or is that more of like, well, I guess I'm just Oseki for the rest of my life? Uh, well, you can be demoted from Ozeki, so. Well, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so, those, that was the story of uh, Kisen Osato, is correct. that correct? Uh, the Yokozuna who did not compete in this tournament. And we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next right. tournament. I hope he competes, but I hope he does so for the right reasons. Yes. I hope he competes as long as his body is willing, able, and it won't, it won't cause more harm than benefit the fact that he competes. He's young, like we said, he's 32, but the amount of, of pain and stress these bodies go through uh, I was telling you, I'm a, I'm a, I was telling you, Eric, uh, a, a while ago. Like I said, I'm a big fan of wrestling. Um, that uh, earthquake, John Tenta, uh, when he was young, uh, he uh, he was a, a rikishi. He he was a sumo wrestler. I don't know if he was a if if he was a rikishi or not, but he was a sumo wrestler, um, and uh, he had done football and he had done amateur wrestling and professional wrestling uh and he said that sumo training was the most rigorous and painful thing he had done ever i believe it that's like yeah i no wonder that the the tops in this field are 32 and 33 and it's already like well they might retire any day now was there another um Another uh, Rikishi you wanted to talk about? Do we want to talk about the champion or the other Yokosuna? Or do we want to jump to Toshi? Or was there anyone else you wanted to talk about in this uh, in this uh, episode? We can always... Hopefully we'll get to talk about all of them again uh, next episode. Uh, once the tournament, next tournament gets announced. I think... Uh, so, Hakuho, mm-hmm. who is... You know, the winningest Yokozuna. Uh, yes. He was probably really wanting to win this tournament. Uh, he had had some uh, toe injuries that he was coming back from. And then a month or so prior to this tournament, uh, his father passed away. So, oh, that's real sad. Yeah. And so he was... You know, they were hoping he would do well in this one, but they understood that there was still some possible lingering injury to his foot. Amanishki, who is one of the lowest-ranked Maegashira, is also the oldest Rikishi in the Makuchi division at 39 years old. Also, by the way, for Hakuho, I don't know if we said... But he ended up uh, with uh, a winning record, but still only... Uh, he didn't win the tournament. He had 11 uh, wins and 4 losses. Yep. Amanishki, he'll probably get demoted out of the Makauchi division back to Jurio. And that means we'll probably won't see him next tournament? Correct. Uh, we won't know that until June, I want to say, 28th. 28th, okay. Which is 
when the Banzuke is, which is when they announce who is going to be in the tournament and okay. what rank they are. Okay, so our next episode will probably come uh, maybe a little bit after that. The week after that, probably. Yep. Uh, so that once we know who's 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 showing up to this thing and what can we expect. And we'll probably go more in detail there on, on those Rikishi so that we know what to expect. And you can maybe uh, watch along with us. Yes, here's hoping. Uh, we I think we had a high point of probably five or six people watching all at yeah, once. Yeah, on the last day. And, and that, that was cool. Yeah. It's always fun to watch Sumo with other people. Yeah, because you can definitely feel feel the excitement when something big happens. Even if you're not familiar with the sport, you can... That's the thing I really like about sumo, is that you can tell when something big has happened. Either the crowd starts throwing their their cushions into the ring, or there's like a big impact move, or a wrestler goes flying out of the ring, and all those feel like big things. Yeah, I would say that there is a low bar of entry to watching sumo Mm -hmm. and that as you watch more sumo and learn more about it you can appreciate the finer details of it but you can just watch it with no knowledge of it beforehand and still have a really exciting time at the end of the day it's two big blokes again facing each other right I mean, when you see two people clashing together with up to 13 Gs of force, uh, it's a it's a very visceral yeah. image. Yeah, but also at the same time, it's not... I know I said before I hate when the heads collide, but other than that, you don't see... You don't see the impact that much. That compared to other sports, uh, like you don't see, th- there's no punches, right? Because there's open trust. Right. Uh, you don't see like a punch to the face or a knee to the ground because there's no knees. Um, it feels very elegant or very technique based mm-hmm. because everything is a technique. They're either trusting or pushing or pulling or they're trying to. Uh, to move out of the way, or they're trying to do something. So in the in the whole tournament, I think we saw blood once, and I think that was because of someone who fell down on their face, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, there were probably a few times it happened, but it's definitely the exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember it clearly. So that says that it wasn't a common thing. It wasn't an everyday thing. Or even every match thing. Right. I mean, if you see blood, it's usually out of the nose from, mm. you know, a, a nose getting a bonked on something. It's yeah, not like a effect. cut in boxing where yeah. they got a, you know, packet full of Vaseline to try to make it stop. Yeah. Also, these, it's not like in boxing either because these encounters are quick. The longest one lasts like a minute, maybe two minutes when when they're in a stalemate. Most of them are done in less than 30 seconds. Yep. 
So it's it, watching a tournament day is around twenty to thirty minutes at the most. And that's partly because it uh, when we watch the highlights, it is mm-hmm. a, we watch the highlights right. It is a uh, highlight package intended for broadcast, so it's just yeah. fitting into a normal show time slot. Yeah, but they don't cut the actual bouts, right? They cut things around the bouts, right? They will cut the uh, pre-match ceremony, which mm-hmm. will take several minutes. Uh, Whereas Abby is your guy, mm-hmm. I am a Tokyo yeah. Let's Ocean talk about fan. your guy. This wow! So what a tournament for Toshi. He has been on a roll lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, he this was the first tournament, I think, where he was promoted to Sekiwake, and his record has been good so. So it's good. His second lately. tournament as second. As okay. Yeah. Uh, he's been performing so well lately that it was announced recently that he has been promoted to Ozeki. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if he manages to win two tournaments in a row, it's possible he could be considered for Yokozuna. Usually, winning two tournaments in a row is considered the baseline Mm -hmm. but it is not necessarily required yeah as long as you if you do good showings and are in good standings for what is my understanding they can look past the fact that you haven't won two tournaments in a row right for example uh the winner of this tournament kaku ryu Mm -hmm. he won the march tournament and this was the first time in his career that he won back-to-back tournaments. Mm. And part of the reason why it's significant for him is because it helps cement his status as a Yokozuna. Yeah. When you become Yokozuna, you're expected to start racking up tournament wins, and especially back-to-back. Uh, Notion won the January tournament, mm-hmm. and... Had a good showing in March. Had a great showing this tournament. Uh, Hopefully he wins in July. Yeah. And have we mentioned that he won the first 12 days without defeat? Yep. Won 12 days in a row. And then he lost to Shodai, who Uh he's had trouble with in the past. Yeah, the commentator was saying that Shodai is like his, I don't know if uh, enemy would be the right word, but like his Achilles heel uh, or yeah. his, the opponent that that can counter him almost perfectly. Yep, and uh, in that match, he fell down as part of uh, the loss and may have injured his wrist which is significant for Tochi Notion because he's definitely more of a grappler. Mm-hmm. Uh, his He prefers to grab onto the other Rikishi's Mawashi and power them out of the ring. Yeah, it's really impressive to see because you just see this mass of shoulders and muscles grab this other big Rikishi and move them out of the way. 
And it's uh, interesting because uh, Tochi Notion, so he is from the country of Georgia, mm-hmm. and he originally was a judoka. Mm. So uh, he has a long history of grappling. Uh, one of the reasons I really like him is mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago he had... Uh, I believe he ruptured an ACL and he had to sit out and each time he sat out because he had a losing record, he got demoted. And Mm. so he got demoted down to the point where he had to work his way back up into the Makuuchi division. Uh, But it seems like ever since he came back from injury... Uh, for the most part, he's been getting better and better. Yeah, you can definitely see in his last tournament's wins, he goes from uh, from a 4-11 to a 9-6, a 14-1, a 10-5, and now a 13-2. And uh, another significant match for him in this tournament, mm-hmm. uh, he beat Hakuho, I believe it was the first victory he's had against Hakuho. Yeah, on the 12th day. Right, and that's uh, so I think all time he is 1 and 25 against Hakuho. Wow. When when that happened, honestly, I thought he has a tournament. Right. Like, when, when that victory happened, like the way the commentator and also you were like, he's never beat him, he beats, he beat him, he this his 12th victory in a row, I was like, oh, there's there's no way he can lose. And then he loses on the 13th day, and then he loses again on the 14th day against the ultimate winner of the tournament, Kakuryo. And then the moment... He wins the 15th day, but the moment he lost on the 14th day, he hits the ground out of frustration afterwards. And that's like the most emotion I've seen probably... In the whole tournament, you can see in his face how angry and disappointed he is with the result. Yeah, I I was surprised that that didn't get a crowd reaction because that's also probably the most emotion I've seen shown after a victory or defeat while in the ring. Yeah, I wonder if they were shocked or they were just... Maybe they felt bad for him and didn't want to say anything. Yeah. Because the crowd definitely felt like it was on his side on most matches. Right. I think that's one of those things where it goes against decorum, but it is so understandable that... Yeah. You know. Uh, So, if you are wanting to find out more about Sumo, I think one of the better resources is a series of YouTube videos called Sumopedia. They're actually They're put out by NHK, which is one of the uh, broadcasting companies. And they're about two minutes long each, and they'll just focus on one subject. So there will be a series about a particular type of victory technique, like whether it is throwing or uh, hitting or pushing. Or they will also have ones about sumo daily life. So... Uh, how their training is done, what they eat, the chonko nabe. Yeah. Uh, 
the significance of uh, the uh, Mawashi and how it is uh, created for an individual Rikishi. Uh, just a wealth of knowledge that you don't have to watch every one. If you see a particular subject that catches your eye, you can just go with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're quick and they're digestible. And they're definitely, if you're looking for expert commentary and advice about sumo, that's the first place I will also point you to. Yep. If you are watching, if you decide to try to watch bouts, uh, you can watch highlights from the tournament. And they'll be presented in the format we watched them. I would also give a shout out. There is a channel called Jason's All Sumo Channel. Yes. Uh, he will he watches them on his DVR. He's living in Japan currently, and so he will get more of the pre-bout ceremony. And so he will use that time to give background information on the Rikishi in the match. He'll talk about... And that that's him dubbing over, right? Uh, Talking it over? Is, so he will actually record his TV and talk. So it's like uh, he is bootlegging yeah. his own TV, basically. Uh, he has a good good narrator voice. I enjoyed the videos when, when we saw his. Yes, good voice, very informational. Uh, when it comes time for the actual bout... He will stop talking and switch to the English commentary. Let the bout take place. Usually uh, let it go for a little bit afterwards to get the commentator's thoughts. And then he will go into his own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yes, if you have no frame of reference for a particular wrestler or Rikishi, I would say check out Jason's All Sumo channel. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a really good resource. Uh, also, uh, we'll talk about it more in the next episode uh, once uh, we have uh, once the tournament is uh, announced and is ready to go. But around the tournament time, we'll probably be hosting uh, some watch uh, parties and. Uh, uh, and you can find that either in our Twitters or in the Audio Entropy Discord. Um, we don't know if this podcast is uh, going to be an Audio Entropy, but we both have podcasts in Audio Entropy, so we're always around in that Discord. So uh, that's a good place to ask us Sumo questions or questions for the show. You can also ask us questions uh, on our Twitters, or you can ask me, you can bother me at my Twitter. That's uh, Frankie Extra, or if you go into the into the audio entropy and you just throw a question in general, we'll definitely put a link uh, once we start watching. Uh, once the tournament starts, we'll definitely put links there to, to watch along with us. Right, and uh, don't feel like you have to have any base amount of knowledge to yeah. watch along. Yeah. Most of the people that are going to be watching it uh, we'll be watching for the second time. Yeah, like I will. This was my first time actually watching Sumo, and it's incredibly 
easy and quick to pick up things because uh, Eric's really good at looking for information and explaining it. And also, like we said, uh, Jason and even the commentators are good at explaining everything. So even you don't even notice it and you just start picking up the terminology and, and, and the sport itself. Anything else before we mention the upcoming dates to keep an eye out? Nothing comes to mind. So, uh, is it June 25 or 28 when the Bansuke will be announced? Uh, let me look that up. Uh, June 25th. June 25th. And the Bansuke is basically when they say who's going to compete in the tournament, correct? And what their rank is. And then uh, the first day of the tournament will be July 8th. Yep. So, before July 8th, after June 25th, There'll be a second episode of this podcast. I, I enjoyed recording it, so I'm like 100% sure, as long as Eric will have me, that there'll be a second episode of this podcast. Yep, there'll be a second and hopefully many more. Hopefully many more. And then there'll be an episode in the middle of the tournament, and then one afterwards, and then another one before the upcoming tournament. Right. So about three episodes every other month. So, you know, hopefully easily digestible podcasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll try to give our thoughts on who is going to do the best in the upcoming tournament. And then at that halfway episode, we will revise and Mm -hmm. try to look smart. Yeah, see, see any interesting stories coming out of the tournament anything to look out for and then we'll just do a quick recap in the last and and see what we if there's any news uh, that came out after the tournament so my good friend eric i believe our first episode of this podcast tentatively named uh chicken chanconave for the soul has uh, has reached uh, its conclusion i look forward to many more